All right, the book of Luke this morning, Luke chapter number 24, uh, will be in Luke chapter number 24. And we look forward to what the Lord has for us from the Word of God today and look forward to uh, the message this morning, the service tonight. Luke chapter number 24 uh, is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And uh, throughout the Gospels, there's a different account uh, of the uh, resurrection morning, and I just, just enjoy the way uh, the Lord put it in Luke chapter number 24. So we're going to look at uh, the resurrection of our Savior. And as I've already said in the opening comments this morning, that as Christians, we celebrate the re- resurrection of Christ every day. We should. And uh, we are saved because of His resurrection. And uh, there's more meaning to it than just one, year, one time a year on a calendar. Uh, we give some emphasis to it. Now, I'm for giving. You can't overemphasize the resurrection of our Lord. You can't overemphasize what Christ did on Calvary. Uh, but I want to uh, bring a message this morning from Luke chapter number 24. We'll read the first eight verses of the chapter. So follow along with me, if you will. Luke 24, verse number 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in, and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid, and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Notice verse 8, And they remembered his words. There's much in this passage of Scripture I want to look at this morning. Uh, There are some intriguing thoughts. There are some intriguing words and phrases to me. Uh, The one I want you to look at first is in verse number 5. At the end of the verse, the question is asked by these angels to those that came to the grave that day, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Uh, What he was saying was, Why are you looking for life? Amongst the tombs. Why are you looking for the risen Savior amongst the place where they bury the dead? I find it a very interesting question. I want us to look at that this morning. Uh, why seek ye the living among the dead? I'm going to have a word of prayer, and after I pray, we're going to uh, look by way of introduction at several things uh, in this passage of Scripture, and then we'll get to the message this morning. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to be a church today. We thank you for the opportunity uh, to sing the songs we've already sang, to hear the music that we've already heard. But Father, we thank you for the opportunity to open the eternal, living, perfect words of God. And Father, this morning, may we allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak to us, uh, to minister to us, to convict us. Father, I pray this morning If there is one lost, may they seek the Son of God today. If there is one who is uncertain of their eternity, may they get that settled by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask that you bless our service this morning, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, This resurrection morning, as we know it, uh, we find uh, a group of the uh, most loyal followers of the Lord Jesus. 
Uh, you continue reading beyond our text, we get a, a little more of a detail of who was there, some of those that were there that came to the tomb. But here are the most loyal followers of Christ. They have come to uh, minister to the body, to uh, put spices to the body, and Jesus had been taken and put into this tomb. But upon arriving, they discovered that uh, things were not as they anticipated them to be when they arrived. In verse number 2, we see, and they found the stone rolled away. And in verse number three, and the Lord, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. I just have this in my Bible. You don't have to do the same in yours. I underlined the words rolled away and then found not. Uh, they found not because the stone was rolled away and the Lord was not there. But can you imagine being amongst this group that came upon this scene? Uh, they had heard Jesus. They had heard Jesus teach. They had seen him with their own eyes. They had heard him with their own ears. They had been witness to the horrible scene of that crucifixion. And now they get to where they knew him to be laid. And not only was this big stone rolled away, but the tomb where he lay is now empty and he is not there. Can you imagine how they begin to try and process this, they had never seen this before. It had never entered into their mind. They had never gone to other tombs and, and discovered a stone rolled away, discovered it empty, and, oh, well, so-and-so must not be here. This was a new experience for them. They found the empty tomb, and then look at verse 4, and it came to pass as they were, notice these next two words, much perplexed. Uh, that's a way of saying they were very confused. They couldn't figure it out. You ever approached a situation and, and you were just stunned? And you looked and you really couldn't process what was going on. You had no comment to make. You did, you, you, you were, it was almost surreal. They were much perplexed because of the empty tomb. They were much perplexed because of the stone rolled away. Imagine as they are trying to process this situation. And as the scripture continues to detail the scene of that day, we uh, find them being perplexed, and uh, then they begin to, then they hear these angels that stood, but there's angels that stood by him, the whole two men stood by them in shining garments in verse number four. And, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? And now they have this emotion, and I, 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 don't, I, I, I try and imagine how I might would respond. And now here are these two, uh, they were angels sent by God, and they were clothed as, as, as any, nobody else was clothed and began to speak to me. I, 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 might, I might have a hard time processing that as well. And these angels begin to remind them, and, ask, and they ask that question first, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. What wonderful words to be reminded of this morning. They said, He is not here, He is risen. Uh, this isn't part of my sermon, but I've got, I've got to just mention it. Uh, where else can you go uh, where there's somebody who was laid to rest as a, as a dead man who is not there? 
Well, you can go to the graveside of religious ruler after religious ruler, and they are still in their grave. But now, here's testimony. He is not here. He is risen. Then it gets very interesting to me. The next word, remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. Remember when he said in verse number 7, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. They've walked up to this scene. They are probably very subdued in their emotions, very subdued in, in their mannerisms that day. It's the third day since they had watched Jesus be crucified in that horrible, horrible way. There is no more cruel way for a life to be taken than through the crucifixion. The torture that took place, uh, the, 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 the beatings, the, the, the disfigurement, and all the pain and suffering that our Lord endured on the cross of Calvary. This is fresh in their mind. This is, fre- this, this is the reality to them. Now, three days later, I believe in a very subdued manner, they approached the tomb and as they get closer to it, they see the stone is rolled away. Well, we got to look inside. And they get inside, and there's nobody there, and they're much perplexed about it. They're confused about the situation. And things are happening faster than they can process it. And now there are two clothed in a, in a, in a white garment. And these angels said, why seek ye to live in among the dead? Almost like we knew somebody was going to show up here looking in the wrong place. He's not here. He is risen. And then he, said, then he speaks to them and says, Remember when he spake unto you in Galilee and he told you that sinful men would take him and crucify him. But on the third day he would rise again. I believe, as they said, remember, as they're trying to process and things are happening quicker than their mind can process it. And when those angels that day said, remember what he said, I believe that they remembered seeing him. They remembered hearing him. Have you ever approached a situation and it's something somebody said? It brought back a whole conversation you replayed in your mind. It brought back a place that you had been and something that you had seen. I believe that's what took place there when that angel said, Remember when he spoke to you in Galilee and he told you that sinful men would take him, but three days later he would rise again. I believe they begin to remember in their mind and I believe they saw his face. They heard his words again as they played over in his mind. That's exactly what he said because verse number 8 says, And they remembered his words. Now it's starting to make sense. Now I'm remembering what he said. And now we have the full, the whole uh, puzzle, if you will. And that final piece of the puzzle that sheds clarity on what he said would happen. The empty tomb actually sheds light on the words that he said. And when they were reminded of those words, they remembered. I find very interesting in this passage a correlation between not remembering what Christ said and showing up in the wrong place looking for the wrong thing. It was because they did not remember what he said that they went to the tombs looking for someone who was alive. 
You know, I find it very interesting that it's not much different then than it is in the day we live in now. There are a lot of people looking for joy in dead places. There are a lot of people looking for peace in dead places. There's a lot of people looking for happiness in dead places. And I would pose to you the same question this morning that this angel posed to those followers of Christ in this day. Why seek ye the living amongst the dead? You can't find eternal life in dead religion. You can't find joy and happiness in the deadness of this world. And I find a correlation between not remembering the words of Christ and looking for life in a dead place. With that in mind, as that is the foundation this morning, I want to uh, mention four categories of people in relation to the words of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I get into this, this will make sense to you, but I want to mention the first one this morning are much like those that appeared that day. There are those who have forgotten His words. This morning, there are Christians who need to be reminded of the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. You talk to a lot of Christians and they're so discouraged and they're so depressed and, and they have no joy and no hope. You want to say to them, have you forgotten uh, what Jesus has said? Have you forgotten what Jesus has done? Have you forgotten that the tomb is empty? And so many times Christians are so full of despair and you just want to say, hey, is he still alive today? Is he, has he still overcome death today? And aren't you thankful uh, that you, he did overcome death and he did overcome the grave so that we might have eternal life? But Christian, there's no reason for despair because we have a risen Savior. We have the one who is is eternal life. But I find there's a lot of Christians, you've forgotten his words. You've forgotten that he actually has defeated death. You've forgotten of everything that Christ has said. Here we find the fulfillment in our passage of Scripture this morning. We find the fulfillment of what Jesus said would happen. And this angel reminds them, have you forgotten what he told you? And then with their own eyes, they had seen the empty tomb and they had seen the fulfillment of what Jesus said would happen. And what it didn't, I don't believe it registered like it registered at that moment because they had never seen an empty tomb that had once held the body of someone. They had never been in the presence of that kind of a miracle that had defied every kind of scientific law. Are you with me this morning? And it made sense then because now they have seen it. And I'd like to remind some Christians today that not only did Jesus tell them in that day that, that sinful men would take him and crucify him, and three days later he would raise from the dead, but he also told those followers that day, the day is going to come when I will return again, and I will call my children home to be with me. And he said, that is going to happen. And I'd like to remind those of us who are saved today, just as he said, I'll rise again in three days, and he did, there will be a generation. It could be our generation that we see those words, but yet we walk through discouraged, and yet we face our, our trials and those burdens with discouragement. But yet that trump is going to sound, and I believe it'll be at that moment, we'll remember the words of the Lord Jesus, and we'll see it in a whole different way, because we've seen the fulfillment of what He said He would do. 
this morning, don't forget what Jesus has said. That's the first category this morning is those that are just like this group. They've forgotten the words of Christ. There's a second group this morning I want to mention. There are those who have never heard his words. Now, in this story this morning, this account of his resurrection, we find a group of people, they were, the, they were loyal followers of Christ. They had forgotten his words. But when I think of that, I think there are some who have never heard his words. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that and you've, been, you've heard that Jesus came to this earth and you believe that you've even heard that Jesus was crucified and you've heard that Jesus was risen from the dead. That's why you're here in church on Easter Sunday. But nobody has ever explained to you why he did that. Nobody's ever taken the time to say there's a reason why God sent His Son to this earth. And there's a reason why Jesus willingly laid His life on that cross. See, yes, He allowed sinful men to take Him, but that was all part of His plan. That was all what He was willing to do. You've heard of the crucifixion of Christ, but you've never heard why He was crucified. Nobody's ever told you why. and You've never heard Him say why He would lay down His life and he had come to seek and to save that which is lost. And here on this Easter Sunday, you've come to the Emmanuel Baptist Church and you are aware of His resurrection, but you've never been told why. Because see, death could not hold Him. Death could not contain Him. And the reason why He went to that cross was to take on the sins of all mankind. It doesn't matter who you are this morning. It doesn't matter what your background is. Jesus died for you. You could not pay your own sin debt except for burning forever in that eternal lake of fire. That is the only way that you could pay for the sins that you've committed. It's true for you. It was true of me. It was true of all mankind. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what denomination label you stick on you. We're all sinners. And the only way we could get to heaven is because Christ came and He died on that cross. Maybe you've heard it, but nobody's ever told you why He did that. I'm not upset at you for not knowing I just want you to hear it one time. If you never hear it again, I want you to hear this morning, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And yes, we celebrate Easter because we have a Savior who's risen. And yes, we celebrate that resurrection. But there's a reason why He died. There's a reason why He gave His life. Because that is the only thing that would satisfy a holy God was the perfect Lamb of God being slain. That's why He went to the cross of Calvary. Maybe you're aware of the resurrection, but you never heard anybody tell you. In those three days between his crucifixion and him giving up the ghost and giving up his life and coming forth victorious, he was suffering death and hell for all mankind. The hell that I deserved, the hell that you deserve, our Savior suffered that. Paying the price. When he came victorious, maybe you've never heard this, but this morning, I want you to hear it. He came victorious out of that grave, and the scripture tells us, in his hand, he was holding the keys. 
The keys to death and hell. See, no man would ever have to fear death again because eternal life held the key to death. And no man would have to fear hell because he had paid the price for their sin. And he had conquered death and he had conquered hell. See, the resurrection was not just something that took place on a calendar. There was a reason why he was crucified. There was a reason why he was resurrected. And I want you to hear this word. Maybe you've never heard it before. And maybe you can't. You can't forget it because you've never heard it. I want you to hear this morning. It's not just about Easter bunnies and, and jelly beans. It's not just about a day on a calendar. It's because a God in heaven loved his creation so much. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And there was one named the Lord Jesus Christ that said, I will leave heaven and I will go to that sinful place called earth and I will let them mock me and I will let them scourge me and I will let them crucify me. And when I give up the ghost that's when it begins I'll have the sins of all mankind and I'll pay their sin debt and I'll satisfy you the father so that all they have to do is believe on what I did believe on what I've done see this morning you didn't know when you came into about this Baptist church that you were going to hear some things for the very first time or you were going to get clarity on some facts that you already had. Yes, He did rise from the dead. Yes, that tomb is empty. And yes, He was crucified. But I want you to hear it at least once today. I want you to hear at least once in your lifetime uh, that there's a reason why He did it. He did it because He knew there'd be a day when you'd sit in these church pews and you'd hear a Baptist preacher the best he can get up and say, God loves you enough to send His Son. And Jesus went to the cross of Calvary and every sin you've ever committed, Jesus said, I'll take it on me and I'll pay for it and I'll suffer the consequences for it. And three days later, He came forth victorious, conquering death, conquering hell so that there could be salvation for all men. I want you to know today the words of Jesus. And the reason He came is to seek and to save that which was lost. I've mentioned two categories this morning. There's the ones who have... They've forgotten His words. There are those who have never heard His words. Then there's a third category. There are those who reject His words. They've heard them before, but they haven't forgotten them because they've never believed them. They don't fall in that second category and Somebody today may fall in that category. You've never heard the things you've just heard. And, and this morning, I'll just reiterate that. I believe God had you here so you could at least hear one time in your life uh, that there's more than a date on a calendar. There is a reason why Christ died. He died for your sins so that you might be saved. But maybe there's somebody in here this morning. You've heard it before, but you've just refused to believe it. You've rejected it. The book of Luke, verse, chapter 13, verse 27 says, But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not. Whence ye are, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There's going to come a day when there's going to be a lot of religious people. Say, Lord, Lord, say, God, I know you. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And, and, and the, the thought process is going to be, but, but I was in church. 
I was a Baptist. I was a Catholic. I was a Methodist. I was a Presbyterian. I, 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 was, I was religious. And God is going to say, that is not enough. Depart from me because the only way to get to me is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he'll not say, have you forgotten his words? It will be because you have rejected his words. You say, Pastor, shed some light on that for me. Well, in John 14, 6, Jesus made it very clear when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. A Catholic man cannot get to the Father but by Jesus. A Baptist man cannot get to the Father but by Jesus. A Presbyterian man cannot get to the Father but by Jesus. And if anybody thinks they can get there through the church or through their own good works, they are saying, I am rejecting what Jesus himself has said this morning. There are those who, who are saved, have forgotten. And hey, you need to get your joy back. You need to get your peace back. You need to get your shout back. And there are some, you're here this morning, and you're caught up in this whirlwind of singing and shouting, and you don't know what's going on. But I want to tell you this morning, I want you to hear at least one time, God loves you enough to send his son to pay your sin debt, so you don't have to suffer the consequences consequences so that you can get saved but maybe there's somebody here you have heard what Jesus has said but you still think you've got to add religion to it you still think you've got to work your way to heaven or you refuse to put all your faith in what Christ did how arrogant of us to think that we have anything that we could add to what Christ has done. And if you want to hang on to your religion and to your good works, and well, I just don't want to accept that. Friend, this morning, hear me, hear me, and you may not know me, but hear me with a sincere heart this morning. I don't want you to hear a thing this Baptist preacher says, but I want you to listen to what Jesus has said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man no man cometh unto the Father but by me. It is because of him. And any man that dies and goes to a devil's hell does so because they have rejected the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. They have rejected what he has said. This morning you better know for sure you're saved. And the only way to be saved is to listen and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That brings me to the fourth category and the final category this morning. We said, first of all, there are some who have forgotten His words. There are some who never heard it before. And if you're in that second category this morning, I want you to listen to me very carefully. This might be the first time you've ever heard some of the things that I've said. And you're still trying to process it. I want you to listen very carefully because it brings me to the fourth category. And that fourth category is there are those who believe his words. If you've never heard this before, before you leave the service today, you're going to fall either in category three or category four. You're either going to reject what Jesus has said and you're going to reject him as a salvation or you can believe what Jesus has said. This morning, I don't, again, I'll say, I don't want you to listen to this Baptist preacher except for me to let me quote what Jesus Christ has said and hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In John chapter number 3, we find a religious man named Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a religious teacher, a religious ruler, came to the Lord Jesus and began to question him about eternal life. In John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right away, Jesus establishes the fact that it doesn't matter what religion says. It doesn't matter what our own personal beliefs are, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That except means there's but one way to see the kingdom of God. There is not many ways. Please today, don't listen and don't believe the lie of the devil that says there are many ways to get God, that, to get to God. That is not what Jesus said. He said something completely different on more than one occasion. He said, no man comes to the Father except by me. But here we find him saying, except a man be born again, except a man come this way. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Greatest lie ever been told is that you can get there outside of the Lord Jesus. That you can get there through church. That you can get there through good, your own goodness. The greatest lie ever told that there's more than one way. Chapter 3, we find the conversation continue. We get to verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He's speaking of his own crucifixion as he speaks to this religious man. The day is going to come when I'm going to have to be lifted up. I'm going to take upon me the sins of the world. And anyone who looks to me for salvation shall receive it. Verse number 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then we come to John three sixteen, the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. To have it in proper context, we must start with that verse 14. And He says, I'm going to be lifted up. In verse 15, that whosoever believeth in Him should, shall not perish, should not perish but have eternal life. And those that would believe in Me, who's He talking about? I'm going to be lifted up and those that look to Me and those that believe in Me shall not perish. And on the heels of that, we come to verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. This is the, His begotten Son speaking. This is the Lord Jesus Christ sp speaking this verse. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, it's not just, you can't just quote John 3, 16 and say, I believe in Him. No, no, no. It's, it's directly tied to John 3, verse number 3, which said, except a man be born again, there's one way to get to God. You have to tie it to verse number 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, and all those who looked to the serpent for their salvation, they were healed of their ailment. Just like that, the Son of Man is going to be lifted up, and He's going to be crucified. He's going to take on Him the sins of the world. And those that believe shall not perish. And you need whosoever believeth in Him shall have everlasting life. The verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. But notice this, But that the world through Him might be saved. I don't want you to listen to me this morning. I want you to listen to the words of Jesus. 
We've already established that in our text, these who came to the wrong place looking for life among the dead, they did so. How foolish to look for that which is alive among the dead. They found themselves in that situation because they for forgotten the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus, Jesus says, but that the world through him might be saved. You're either going to believe that or reject that. And if you reject it today, you're not rejecting the Baptist church. You're not rejecting a Baptist preacher. You're rejecting the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified, the Son of God, the one who came victorious, the one who we celebrate today has said, there's but one way to get to God, the Heavenly Father, through me. If you believe on me. And then in verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. I don't have time to expound much on this, but if you don't accept the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll leave the same way you came in, already condemned. We're fooled into thinking, if I don't do this sin, if I don't do this sin, then I'll not be condemned. Oh, no. We're condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This morning as I conclude, what category of people are you in? Christian, are you discouraged this morning? Well, remember his words. Remember what he said. And if Jesus said, they'll take me, or I'll give up my life, and three days later, I'll come back. And he did it. Well, I imagine we can believe all of his other promises too. I imagine when he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will return again. I believe we can put great confidence in that. I believe that we can put, put our hope and our faith in that. And I believe when, when the darkest of days, we can look to that place where Jesus is preparing an eternity for you and I. Remember what our Savior has said. And this morning, you may be here and have never heard some of the things that you heard this morning. I'm not upset at you. I'm not even mad that you haven't heard it this morning. I just want you to know at least one time in your life, there was somebody who cared enough to tell you the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the perfect Son of God. He did come to this earth, but He came with a purpose, with a mission. He was looking for you. He was looking for me. And He went to that cross of Calvary and said, I'll take their sin debt, Heavenly Father, I'll take their sin debt. I'll pay the price for them. And when he gave up the ghost, he said, I'll suffer their death in hell. And he came forth victorious. And this morning, I can recall in my own life when I heard that for the first time. And I remember being convicted of my sin condition and knowing that I deserved hell and I could never get to God, but realizing that Jesus paid that price for me. And I had a choice. When I chose... I'll just believe Jesus. I'll just believe Him. The irony of ironies. The tragedy of tragedies is for religious people to celebrate 
the resurrection of Christ while rejecting His very words. How foolish. Oh, we have a risen Savior, and we do. But will you believe on Him? See, it's not the Baptist faith that is narrow. It's the Heavenly Father who is narrow. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who has said, Except a man be born again. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father. No man gets to God but by me. There's coming a day when the religious of all denominational tags and labels will stand before God and say, I prayed through the rosary and and I I did all these religious exercises and I never missed an Easter service and God's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you because they rejected what Jesus has said. They didn't come through Jesus Christ. And friend, it doesn't matter your sincerity this morning of, of how sincere you are in your religious practices or how hopeful you are in your own goodness. Hear the words of our Savior. There are many who they wander uh, the, the halls of dead religion looking for life and they'll never find it because that is not where a risen Savior presides. And Jesus today says, hear what I have said. Listen to my words. If you believe on me, you shall have eternal life. But if you believe not, you're condemned already. He's telling that religious man, Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you can be as religious as you want to be. You can go to the temple the next Sabbath day, but you go as a condemned man if you don't believe on me. And I would say to you, friend, you can walk into your next church service. You could never miss Another Easter service. You could never miss another religious service. But if you don't believe Jesus, you go every time as a condemned man. The only hope we have is Christ. Everybody who's saved today, everybody who's secure of their eternity, heard for the first time some of the things you may have heard today for the first time. But they had a choice. I'll either reject what he has said, and I'll hold to what somebody else has said, or I'll believe what Christ has said. Can I make a plea with you today? If you're not certain of your eternity, if you're in that category number two and you've You're here because you believe it, but you didn't have any idea why. Would you believe what Jesus has said and believe on Him? Those of us who are saved today, that's what we did. There's only one way, and it's through Christ. Would you believe on Him today? To believe not is to be condemned so that, that sounds kind of unloving. No, 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 you're, you're missing the point. How loving of a God to send His only begotten Son who is holiness, who is righteousness, who is perfection. 
Uh, who, who is, who, who, that's like saying uh, there's, there's a cure for cancer and you've got to go to this place and get the vaccination. How cruel to be so narrow-minded. No, that's where the solution is. That's where the answer is. And friend, there's only one way to get to the Heavenly Father. There's only one way to escape that horrible place called hell. And that is through the words of Jesus Christ. That is through His finished work. His resurrection was the finishing of why He came to this earth. Let's remember His words. Let's hear His words. Let's heed His words. Father, I pray that you'll...